It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And welcome to Carcone Carne. I'm James Van Ossel, still being held in captivity. Carcone Carne, if you want to be in on our email list, if you want to find out what's happening on Carcone Carne, you should sign up for the Carcone Carne email newsletter. You can do so very easily on the homepage of carconcarne.com. There is a link in the navigation. There's also a story you can click on. And if you do so before New Year's Day, you will be in the running for a $50, $50 gift card to Byron's Hot Dogs with two lovely Ooh. locations. That's what I'm saying. I love Byron's. And I mentioned this before. It's worth mentioning again. They have Green River on the fountain. Byron's hot dogs on Lawrence, also on Irving Park Road. And while I'm on the topic of food, it is a blessed event. It is always one of my favorite shows of the year. When Mike Gebert of Fooditor joins me, uh, author, writer, uh, year after year, he has cranked out the Fooditor 99. This year being the year that it was, it is the Fooditor 33, Chicago's best new places to eat. If that isn't a sign of 2020, I don't know what is. Before we dig into the stuff I want to talk about with you, we should provide a disclaimer, or you should provide a disclaimer for what's going on with you. Okay, so I think I have mono, and the result of that is that my tongue is swollen up, and that's why I sound like I'm drunk here. I am not drunk. I'm not drunk podcasting, I assure you. Although you would not be the first guest to be drunk on the show. If you if you went that I suspect route, not. Yeah. It'd be perfectly fine with me. I'd be okay with it. There are no rules during the pandemic. You, I'm that, just that, sipping that could be straight bourbon. It wouldn't bother yeah. me. I'm just sipping tea from my food or mug here. So I, I want people who are watching or listening to know I did say to Mike, if you want to wait and do this another time, it's okay with me. I understand. But Mike, being a professional journalist that he is, and dedicated as he is, he said, no, we're doing it live. And here we are. Here we so, are. Thank Hi, you. Mom. Try- I'm I'll not try- drunk. I'll, I'll try not to throw any challenging polysyllabic words your way so yeah. we can muscle through this. So Fooditor is a website. It, like I said, it, every year we get the Fooditor 99. This year's the Fooditor 33. It is all about dining. The politics around the dining scene, the, the tastes of the dining scene. Knowing that this has been such a nightmare year for everyone, but for the service industry with closings, jobs lost, the emotional toll. Can you tell us some good news about the Chicago dining scene that we can take with us? I think there's been a lot of creativity this year on the dining scene from people who found their regular gig wasn't going to make it in this situation. So they found ways to innovate around that. Um, you know, good example, you know, Noah Sandoval, who has Oreo, which is one of my favorite high-end restaurants, one of everybody's favorite high-end restaurants. And, you know, they, they couldn't do what they're doing. They've been closed since March. Um, so he got into the uh, Dest- Detroit-style pizza uh, thing, which has been big this year. And he I was Bra- going to mention that. I, I, sorry to interrupt, Mike, but... Detroit pizza comes up a couple times in the food order 33. Yes. It's, so it feels it's, like a trend. It is a trend. Absolutely. Um, well, and it's what's funny with, uh, with um, Noah and pizza friendly pizza, his place is that it opened in bite cafe, which you probably know Bruce Finkelman who has uh, 
that empty and the empty, empty bottle and things like that. Yeah. So when I went to pick up my pizza, Bruce was back there and he said to me, ah, the back of the empty bottle, probably the place in America where the most bands have broken up over the years. <laughs> I, I love the empty bottle. I, I don't know if Bruce yeah. likes me, but I like him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's actually on here twice because uh, Promontory in Hyde Park um, has El Oso Cafe in it right now. Um, you know, another it's place. Like a, is, it's like a swanky Mexican place, right? Yeah, it's, it's a spinoff of one of my longtime favorites. Uh, let's say I think it was number three in last year's book, um, Barriera Zaragoza. So Jonathan Zaragoza from that family is, uh, you know, is doing yeah, is doing like interesting upscale Mexican kind of stuff in there. So, no, it's not number three. It was one year anyway. So, um, innovation. I mean, that, that's a theme I keep Innovation. Back to. And that's, I think that's the great thing. I mean, you know, when, whenever this ends and we see who we really lost forever, we're going to see what has grown out of that. I mean, Blackbird closed and the guy, you know, the, the head chef from Blackbird most recently, um, Ryan Pfeiffer, opened this thing called Big Kids in Logan Square, which has, you know, these totally over the top, very indulgent uh, sandwiches. Like a um, colored, a colored green. There's a color green. That one's actually really nice. Uh, collard greens, grilled cheese kind of sandwich. Um, another one I really like as someone who ate a lot of bologna sandwiches going to elementary school, they uh, have a sandwich from uh, uh, using Polina bologna on big thick bread with potato chips and honey mustard on it and it's it's really good it's it's just you know indulgent in all the best ways so that's kind of their thing so you know from blackbird he goes to doing that which is nice and i think that's the kind of thing we're seeing all over i mean it's been very much a year of comfort food um you know so pizza pizza did well um people have been doing a lot of short ribs and things like that uh, you know, if you wanted meatloaf this year, this was a good year to get it from fairly swanky upscale places. Well, along the lines of innovation, one of the places that made your list is Flower Power, which I wasn't totally sure from the description. Is this basically like a, a take it and bake it at home? Yeah, but they do some. He does dinners uh, each night, so there's a limited number of like prepared dinners with using the house-made pasta that they have. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Wilson Bauer was uh, he worked at Elizabeth back in the day, and uh, I don't know some other. You know, who's the um, head chef of Schwa for a while, um, and so you know he's he's been at kind of the the fancy places, but he. You know, he got married and they had a kid and he wanted to do something that wasn't didn't involve him, you know, being up, uh, you know, getting drunk with the customers at midnight. So um, unlike Schwa. So, he, yeah, so he opened up uh, this pasta place with a little, you know, little machine there cranking out different shapes of pasta. You know, and sitting there going chur, 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 as you go in the place. Um, so yeah, but you know, it's really nice, nice stuff. I mean, I've gotten pasta and the sauce to go with it from there a couple of times, and it's interesting. I, I talked to him um, the first time I got it. He said, "I said it was kind of low on, on salt. I felt it. You know, it was the sauce was under salt." 
that he said, well, it's because every, everybody doesn't realize that you're supposed to salt your pasta water, you know, which I gave it a few shakes, I think, but I didn't give it the, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. that I was supposed to give it. So, um, you know, if you do it properly, your pasta should have enough saltiness that it'll go with the, it'll enhance the saltiness of the sauce. So, so the food order of 33 covers new openings in 2020. What a year to open. I mean, you put yeah. your life savings, your heart and soul into opening a restaurant. Yeah, that's then- really rough for the people who open a restaurant based on the pre-COVID model, like ever the you know which is another is the only fancy really fancy restaurant to open up this year um you know and they're they're making hamburgers right now you can get a fancy burger from ever and fries for like 20 bucks or something um apparently they're doing really well um selling a lot of burgers out of that place but yeah doing the doing the sit down dinner with you know lots of servers and stuff like that you know someone pouring wine right right in front of you that's that's tough this year and so you say something you say something oh, early on in the food order 33 and I, I think this is an important important thing to just kind of linger on the main thing is in a year when we're all stuck indoors and not able to travel Chicago's restaurants remain the easiest, cheapest way to experience our world and its cultures and pleasures in a safe way. And by doing so, you're supporting the people and their businesses who have responded to this crisis so creatively and generously. I mean, I don't think that can be said enough. I mean, as you yeah, know, no, it's I like I love, you know, I would love to go to go back to Mexico. I went to Mexico City last year. I'd love to do that, but you can't do that right now. But what what did I love in Mexico? It was that you could just walk down a street and there were like carts with different different tacos available on them. Well, guess what? We live in a city where you can do that too. So, you know, it's a great thing to take advantage of what we have here and go out and, you know, try different kinds of, of foods. I mean, the other thing that we got besides the Detroit-style pizza that was all over the place is, is the quesabiria, which you take... Um, birria meat. Apparently, this came from like Tijuana area, um, and it's but it's like spreading across the country now. You take birria meat, so that's like roasted goat or beef, and you put it on a tortilla with some cheese, and then you have you know so you've got this gooey cheesy thing, and then you get some broth uh, that goes with the birria, and you can just dip it and eat it. You know, it's one of, that like sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I want that right now. It's one of those things. It's like Italian beef, you know. You, you once you start dipping it, you've got a time limit. You better eat that thing quickly. Uh, so. You mentioned Italian beef. Best place in the Chicago area for Italian beef? Uh, Johnny's out in uh, Elmwood Park. Everybody, yeah. Is it even the, close? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, there are, there are people who are fans of like Al's and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, I like. Al's fine, but to me, the total experience, including the, you know, you better know what you want when you get to the front of the line, because you know you want you want your your beef or your combo, you know, with hot peppers dipped or with jardinera, whatever whatever you like, you know, you have that in your head so you can just spit it out at them because they don't have any time to waste on on you making up your mind there. It's not Burger King where you're gonna have it your way. One of my favorite smells on earth is Johnny's. The smell of that sausage. Yeah. When you walk in. Oh, my God. And it's worth mentioning their uh, Italian ice. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's actually um, 
the sauce. That's one of the reasons that Johnny's is, is such a standout and Al's is too. It's because they're grilling the sausage over charcoal there in the place, which is relatively rare. I mean, there's places that do it on a gas grill, which is fine. But, you know, the charcoal grill is nice. We lost a great place at a charcoal grill this year. Duke's down on, um, where was it? It was like 79th South Harlem, something like that. Um, it's it's like a parking lot now for a bank or something. Uh, so, R.I.P. Dukes. R.I.P. Well, let's talk more about the the places that sprouted up. Um, there's a picture you took that, to go along with the listing for Hermosa at 4356 West Armitage. Was that the Cambodian fried chicken sandwich? Yes, which oh is God, one of the most so glorious good. glorious things in Chicago right now. And you know, it's an interesting story about how our our high end and our low end go together. So Ethan, who runs the place, his parents own the building. His sister actually has the Filipino restaurant in front. Um, but they're like Cambodian Chinese. Um, and the parents have a Chinese restaurant and another sister, she and her husband have a donut place on Fullerton because the Cambodians are big in donuts. Apparently this, this is a thing who knew, but you know, I think in these communities, sometimes if something works, it spreads quickly within them. Um, so Ethan, he was a, was a, uh, a host at next a few years ago, fancy, you know, Alinea Group owned Next downtown. And then his parents, you know, built this building, you know, where they had owned a restaurant before. And so he just started it as like a hot dog stand for that area because there wasn't one in the neighborhood. So here's, you know, a, a Mexican, mostly Mexican neighborhood, the Cambodian guy running a hot dog stand. And then he starts wanting to explore his Cambodian you know, heritage in the flavors there. So he's, he's doing like, um, you know, this Cambodian chicken sandwich, it's just a fried chicken sandwich that's spiced in particular ways. And it's really it looks glorious. so good. It looks yeah. so good. It's one of the first pictures you see in the food at 33 this year. And yeah. It just, it looks amazing. So, so he, so he was doing that and then he started doing other Cambodian dishes. You can go get a whole Cambodian dinner there. Um, and that's, you know, that's, again, the example of the kind of innovation that's going on. People are trying these things that they've always wanted to do. You know, if you're already screwed this year, why not try it? So how, how much worse off can you be? So one of the things that has been openly wondered, discussed is what have we done as a culture in, in 2020 that will survive once things get more normal ish. What things are we going to take from the pandemic era into the future? I feel like a lot of things like curbside service will be expected as we head into the, whatever this next era is. Yes. A lot of businesses have been very good at making that work really efficiently, you know, in, in bad Chicago traffic and not letting people get tickets for pulling over to wait for their food to come out. Um, yeah, that's one thing. I think the way that we're all doing this kind of cashlessly, now there's a word that I was not meant to pronounce today, <laughs> uh, but uh, 
you know, that whole thing of, you know, you pay ahead of time and you walk up and just, you know, take your bag is right there. I think, I think we're going to see more of that, that you order, you know, you order ahead of time. I mean, that's the thing that I've seen so much of this year is like some of these things, they have limited capacity. So if you want this particular pizza, you know, if you want it on Friday night, you should be thinking about it on Tuesday and put your order in. Um, there are a lot of things like that that I had this year that you kind of had to jump on. And that was part of the reason that I wanted to do this list was I thought some people were kind of intimidated by some of this. So they thought, well, I can't get these things because every time I go on the site, it's booked up or whatever. So, you know, it was good to kind of tell them, well, here's what you need to do and assure them that, yes, you, you can get this food. Excuse me. I feel I feel so guilty having you on tonight. Uh, another new listing in the Food Editor 33 this year is a place that seems like a, a bad name for a Google search if you're a business owner. Uh, pizza fried chicken ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, it's attached to the whole like Marie's Bar Mars Brewing complex down there that includes Kimsky. We had uh, Juan we Kim a, on. We did a so he's he's there. he's the uh, fried chicken part of the equation, and the the pizza. Some guy who was just like making pizzas um, for people, you know, who would like contact him over Instagram or whatever and reserve a pizza, that kind of thing. Um, they were they started by doing the Detroit style pizza earlier this year, and then by the time I got to try the pizza they had switched over to um, tavern cut thin you know chicago style thin which was glorious i mean it was really nice to see someone taking something like that, that you've had so many times of various levels of okayness um and really you know putting some thought into it like you know you've heard people say you know you want to order the pizza well done i mean these all come well done to begin with so the crust is like brown and, and it kind of crumbles like gingerbread when you bite into it um and the and the cheese is cooked enough just right and uh really good sausage on i'm not sure where they got the sausage but uh <clears throat> you know it's just uh, someone like thinking through all of these things and trying to do it really well that you don't necessarily see in some of these kind of commodity foods a lot of times so and explain again was, Explain again, Detroit style pizza means Detroit style pizza is, it's kind of like a pan pizza. Um, It's got a kind of tall, fluffy uh, crust. And there's some particular things that you do in Detroit style pizza. Like you use uh, brick cheese, which is like a kind of more buttery cheddar kind of cheese. And a lot of times what they'll do is just sort of like put, chunks of it along the edge of the pizza and it kind of burns it caramelizes along the edge in in the pan kind of like pequods or birds Mm -hmm. the way they have the caramelized edge and they'll just like some places even put the sauce on cold i think that's weird that's weird that's too much of a just too jarring to me um but you know you, you just sort of like make you know rivulets of sauce all along the edge of the where the the cheese is doing its thing so is you know it's a distinct weird kind of style and it's taken off in a big way here this year um it's nice because you get you know you, you get like these these square 
square slices, like the the pizza friendly pizza one. It's like nine nine squares. You know, it looks like Hollywood squares in there. Uh, so there's like nine of them there, and uh, you know, they're just it's it's very efficient pizza to order and eat that way. I think. All right, let's keep going down the list. Uh, there's what's the brewery in uh, in Humboldt? Yeah, it's called Orkanoi. I, I didn't want to pronounce it. I was scared. Yeah, because it's got weird characters in it. Um, it's interesting. They, you know, Humboldt Park a million years ago was Norwegian. It hasn't been that for a long time. But so they went for kind of a Norwegian theme with, uh, um, you know, there's there's like use of dill and and uh, could be like you know smoked salmon and capers on a on a flatbread kind of thing, and, and so, but then they also I mean it's kind of like hipster modern Norwegian. So you get you know one of them had like kimchi on it as well as these supposedly Norwegian things. Um, I don't know if you find anything like that in Norway or not, but I think it's it's kind of relating to some of the really upscale Norwegian restaurants like Favikan that um, have been popular in recent years. So, you know, so again, you're in Chicago. The great thing is you can go get for 11 bucks, you can go get lunch that is inspired by some, you know, someplace that'd be 500 bucks to go to in Norway. So, so I, I, I love how you know all this background and the origins of the cuisines and in the neighborhoods. Did the Norwegian community, and would you even know, did the Norwegian community that was in Humboldt migrate to North Center and Andersonville, or was that community already there, or do you even know? I, I think Andersonville was around the same time, and it's kind of hung on a little longer uh, than the Norwegian one did. I think we what happens a lot is if there aren't people continuously coming from those countries is, you know, like after world war two, we got a lot of Germans continuing to come into Chicago, but pretty soon Germany was very, you know, economically healthy. So people didn't need to migrate here to find opportunity. Um, and once they start, stop emigrating to this area, you know, the writing's on the wall for a neighborhood. It's it's not going to last being that kind of thing for very long without, like, fresh people moving in. And eventually, you know, it's like this used to be the biggest Lithuanian city in the world, bigger than any, you know, more Lithuanians than any place in Lithuania. And, you know, eventually they're, ju they ju they're just Chicagoans that live somewhere in the suburbs, you know. Um, and that's that's what happens. I one time I, I there's a pizza place on the south side called Pizza Castle, and I went there one time. I was asking the guy about it, and Pizza Castle is apparently the last survivor of a Danish neighborhood on the south side. Who knew that, that there was such a thing? But the guy's name is Jensen, and so a Danish guy making pizza is the last vestige of Danish Chicago, apparently. You know, I can't resist a good portmanteau. There's a place in Bucktown called Fodega. Yes, that's a, that was a good place. Um, they're doing, you know, like pho and some other dishes like Hainanese chicken and rice, which is a popular, very simple, simple comfort food. Pretty much all it is is what it says, chicken and rice. And, uh, you know, so they, they opened this place because there wasn't really pho down in, in that area. And they made it kind of like a bodega. It's got you know, there, there are things to buy there and stuff as well. I forget what, 
what they're selling there. Not phone cards and cigarettes like you would normally find, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's a fun little place, and you know that was one that opened before all this went bad, um, and that's that's kind of a tough one for me. It's like I haven't had fun since since all this started because it's not, it's not a very portable dish. It's I was about to say I I think I like pho, but. I've never not spilled or made a mess of myself eating food. Right. So I mentioned taking it home. It's like there was a there's a uh, a, a ramen place out in uh, out in the burbs somewhere, like out toward Park Ridge or somewhere, that people were really big on. And I I went there once, but you know I think it lost a lot of its magic riding home from Park Ridge in my car and then me trying to reassemble it at home. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, uh, that's one that I'm waiting for when they can reopen and I can just sit at the counter and have ramen the way you're supposed to. But yeah, so if it's too far away, that's that's kind of tough. Um, that's definitely one of the things we're seeing this year. Uh, we mentioned North Center briefly. There's a soul food place that sounded awesome. In fact, the picture you included in the Food at Her 33 looked amazing. Uh, Lizzie J Cafe. Yeah, she apparently was a caterer uh, for the African-American community. And then she opened this little breakfast place right next to a ramen place, by the way, that's on the list, Menyagoku, their neighbors. But uh, yeah, no, that, I went there for breakfast with my son before we you know, weren't allowed to dine in anymore. And yeah, it was really, it was really nice. It's, you know, and a lot, you know, I, a lot of, she seemed very outgoing, a lot of personality. And that's, uh, that's, I like that in the breakfast place too, you know, that's what you uh, want from a soul food place, right? A soul food place. You want, you, you know, you want it you want to feel like, like you're, Hey, come over for our family meal. Like, right. Right. Well, you know, that happened recently. I went to one of my favorite places, been in the book for many years uh, on the south side called Five Loaves Eatery. You know, I've gotten to know Connie, who runs it pretty well. And so I took my sister was visiting. So she wanted to see stuff on the south side. So we drove around there. And then for lunch, we went to Five Loaves. And there was a whole family there that I think had just come from a wedding or something like that. So you know, they, they all get up and they're like linking hands and they're all, you know, and then the grandpa is saying something about family. And, and so we we're you know, Connie waves to us to get up. So we get up and like hold hands and wish the, the, these people well. And, you know, it's like, how much better does it get than that? Yeah. You know, it's the, the warmth of restaurants. I mean, that's to me, that's the point of going to them part or one of the points anyway. I agree. All right. So the Food Editor 33, this is a download. You can read it right on the website in fooditor.com. One right. thing I, I will, I will urge print people, it out. Perfect. One thing I will urge people to do uh, who are interested in food, in Chicago dining and, and restaurants, uh, subscribe to the buzz list. That's your weekly newsletter you push out, which is a, a dense amount of writing. I mean, you, you really, that's, it's like you publish a, your, a separate website every week where the content's. <laughs> Uh, and I love yeah. it. I mean, I, I feel very plugged in reading buzz list every week. Yeah. A lot of it synthesizes what's out in food media right now, but it also gives me an excuse to comment, comment on it myself. So um, yeah, that's, that's what it has. Uh, I, I love the line locked down so long. It looks like up to me. <laughs> 
yeah, I try to find you know good good punny headlines for for the items in it. I, I'm a sucker for a good pun. Uh, Mike Gabbard, fooditor.com is where we go to find you, your writing, uh, really indispensable stuff. You you know, I'm a fan of your writing and uh, you're one of my favorite guests on earth. You're you're so knowledgeable about our culture here in town, the city's food scene. I love talking to you. That said, I feel horribly guilty keeping you on while you have (laughs) mono and and your tongue is like four sizes too big. It's, It's Detroit pizza size at the moment. So what I, I, I will wrap it up and I'll leave it at this. Go to fooditor.com. Check this out. Uh, keep your eyes open for what's happening on Fooditor. Subscribe to the, the newsletter, to BuzzList, to know what's coming next. And I, I think you join me, Mike, in, in wishing the best for this scene and the restaurateurs and, and the businesses and you know, making it through and you know getting on the other side of this when they can be firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if... I mean, it certainly has affected me far less than it has most of them. So it just seems right that I should spend money, you know, get get food from them, support whatever they're doing to get through this and, you know, encourage other people to do that, too. Yeah. So that's that's why I did this, yeah, this eat, abbreviated version of the Food of 99. Eat local. Support yeah. these people. Yeah. Uh, Mike, feel better, please. Lots of Thank food. Thank you. You, lots of rest I, I hope you're you're well enough to enjoy the holidays if not uh, I, I hope you heal quick and I'm, I'm sorry you. you're ill 